Hockey Town celebrated three championships in seven years, and rarely has someone so tough played so pivotal a part. McCarty draws, McCarty in, McCarty snaps! A magnificent goal! Darren McCarty! Show that play. Larry Arna, Shanahan, back there! I love you, but you're a mess. I, I am a mess. I'm a work in progress, I guess you could say. Screw you, Tom. This work in progress is on episode 44. That's for you, Big Bert. Uh, yes, it is October 16th, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., and this is Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Yes, I am your host, Darren McCarty. Happy to be here. Joined by my co-host, Perry Vellucci. Perry, how are you? Doing good, Mac. On the ones and twos, Mr. Eric. Big Eases Fady filling in for uh, Michael McCool tonight. Uh, how are you, Eases? Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for always, uh, you know, you're such a team player. I appreciate everything you do for uh, for Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Obviously, uh, you know Big E uh, on loan from the Radio for One Studios roster, and that, of course, uh, the Detroit cast hosted by uh, the one and only Mike Walters and Jay Beta O'Boger. Uh, Sunday to Thursday, you can catch them, uh, obviously, here. Um, anywhere else, and a shout-out to my boy, uh, Jay Chris Newberg, Heroin Has a New Publicist, one of the funniest... Uh, comedy podcast and our buddy J.R. Adams uh, J.R. Adams stunts was just uh, on episode 104 I believe don't quote me on it but he was just right on because it was yes. right out there whatever it's it's all going so uh, big night tonight uh, in about 15 minutes or so I'm going to be joined on the phone by my uh, friend of the program T.J. Lang talk a little bit lines and uh, what, uh, you know, might as well have a guy in the trenches <laughs> on both halves to see what he has to say, uh, being an offensive lineman. So, but, uh, for most of the program and then later on, uh, we're going to continue with our letter Kenny theme. Uh, we have, uh, Tyler Johnson who plays Stuart, the head of the skids from letter Kenny. So, uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, obviously that'll, that'll be at eight fifteen. but before that, I am proud and happy to be joined in studio by the invisible men, I call them, in the Red Wing organization. And these are the guys who you wouldn't think would be invisible because they carry these cameras around. Um, I'm talking about the one and only Mark Hicks, who shot the famous uh, March 26, uh, 1997 uh, sweet revenge photo that lives in infamy, and I continue to sign hundreds of thousands of them. So <laughs> thank you, Hicksy. You're welcome. Uh, and not alone, but we'll get into it, but... Uh, you're a great friend of my family's, the McCarty Cancer Foundation. When when that was all going on uh, back in the '90s, couldn't have uh, helped raise as much money as we did without your support. So uh, you. you've been a friend for a long time, and I appreciate you being in here. And then, you know, you passed it along. I know that when you were, so you were there, Hixie, from what years? About '84 to '02. To '02, and then uh, there was somebody in there that uh, I was still there, and I didn't even know. But then Dave came along, Dave Regnick, who's uh, the photographer till now, and. Uh, if you can see, um, you know, I travel around the, the comedy show, Big Boogie's got this 2008 on tour with the uh, Red Wing and Stanley. Uh, Dave, this is your great, uh, beautiful artwork, but uh, continue to this day. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Um, so Dave, a uh, couple things. So how does a guy retire from sheet metal, right? Yep. Um, 
you know, not not just like you were dibble dabbling. You thirty six years or so. Thirty seven, yeah. Thirty seven years. Um, HVAC systems for anybody who cares. Coordinated build and helped install HVAC systems for commercial buildings in Michigan. How do you transition that into getting a job for the Red Wings in photography? Was this a hobby that's gone good? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Good. Well. Uh, I've been taking pictures since I was 11 years old, so it's always been something that's been fun, you know, never realized that or ever dreamed I would be able to make a dollar at it, but um, I was fortunate enough to get to work with uh, my friend Mark over here, and uh, he was a big inspiration. Well, I was uh, growing up learning the trade. When I was, my kids were younger, it was kind of hard, you know, you, you, you had to put bread on the table to feed the family and stuff so buying a roll of film and getting it developed kind of got pushed on the back there for a few years but uh you know as i got older made a few more bucks i started buying better cameras and and uh and i coached hockey for a long time too so kind of between playing coaching and taking pictures which is kind of something i did you know for a long time and just uh right spot at the right time i ended up getting getting a job for the red wings but um it was obviously after mark had already gone and uh was moved on to some other things but uh I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the experience with that I had from Mark. Well, let's go back to. Wow, thank you. Let's go there. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm not sure I'm worthy, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> but let's go back to Hicksy. How did you get your start, and what brought you to, um, you know, to eventually the Red Wings organization uh, my taking pictures? Probably a little stranger than most, but uh, I can fast forward the first 40 years. Born and raised in Saginaw, uh, used to race motocross quite a bit, and I wasn't that good at it, so I'm all busted up. I got metal hips and. The legs were bad, so I started going to the races, taking pictures as a way to get in a race for free because it was real expensive. No, that's that's races. that's a great way and for then, uh, rock and roll, for yeah, rock yeah. too. Is that any rock band is looking for a photographer yeah. or stuff like that? That's a sent a bunch of pictures out, and they made it in the magazines, and people started calling, and one thing led to another. I was living in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, is where I took the big dirt sample down there, and just about bought the farm. So I uh, moved back to Michigan and actually got a job with CompuWare. I was a 24th employee to go to work for CompuWare, and that's Pete Carmanas, you know, yeah. future Hockey Hall of Famer. Carolina and, uh, Hurricanes. So he came walking into my cube one day and said, I understand you take pictures. I said, I do. He said, I got this guy, Pat LaFontaine, that's playing for us. He's going to be a big star. Why don't you go take his picture? So that's kind of how I got started in the hockey. Um, and so I, you I, started in, would you say, so you got into photography out of uh, not being able to race and sort of you found this sort of niche that, you know, to fill a void where, Dave, you came from it more of your passion as a sort of a little kid. Can you explain to people out there? Because, you know, the one thing uh, that I, when I interview everybody or when I ask questions, um, the constant for no matter what to successful people is hard work. So where does that, like the sacrifice or the hard work and you, you know, because you're dealing with where you both started, and you mentioned role of film and developing. Can you explain to my millennial crowd out there what a role of film is? <laughs> well, Mark's, Mark's got more experience with the film part than I do. <laughs> but that's a huge, like, let, let's talk that about that. That was a significant change in the industry. So, I mean, so when you started, right, like, so you would take, and, and so bring us back and take us back how, yeah. how the evolution of, say, when you started shooting Red Wing games at Joe Louis Arena, I'm assuming it was sort of you had the telephoto in the corner in one of those holes and right, right. And, and then they, and you're taking them and you're trying not to get 
guys who shoot pucks at you and break your camera and stuff like that? Well, the we use lights. Like if you have a flash on your camera, we put flashes in the building. They annoy some people, but every time you take a picture, the whole building flashes. So in the old days, you had film in all your cameras. So you'd take four or five cameras, put a roll of film in every one, and then if something happened, like a big fight on March 26th of a certain year, you know, we would, uh, you'd take camera A and just motor through those pictures, boom, camera B, camera C, and you'd have somebody sitting behind you pumping new rolls of film into your camera because you'd be running out of bullets, basically. So you're just shoot, you're, you're shooting like an automatic rifle. Well, you're just try, like, like just trying to get, like, like I, I, we'll get to the March 26th, but right. like, how do you, you're just going by instinct more, and is it more like, no, like, you get a list of what you need to shoot ahead of time, like I did anyway. The opposing team would come in. I'd go meet with their PR guy, and they'd say, this guy's going to be in his 100th game. Here's a kid that's going to get his first assist. Here's somebody shooting for a 500 point. So you'd have that hit list, and then if that happened during the game, you'd hope to get it for that team and then go in the locker room and get a quick you know, grip and grin handshake picture with the puck. Pretty standard, like Hall of Fame. You guys put tape and write 600 on it, you know. On the yeah, but those are cool, though. Oh, well, that's fun. Easy shooting. No, right. I mean, so so mention who have... Uh, oh, like Stevie's 500 and 600. Remember, Stevie was going to yeah. get his 500, and then they played that game in Cleveland, you know. So everybody drove to Cleveland. We got about 18 inches of snow. The ice was like skating on mashed potatoes. Everybody was pissed. Stevie, <laughs> got, Stevie got a goal, and then they took it away from him at the end of the game and said, no, it was somebody else's goal. So everybody was writing the story, you know, the big story, and we all drove home. Got home at, like, 5 in the morning the next day. Uh, but you do that. Stevie 600 was a big one. Brett Hall scored. Yeah. You know, Lemieux, I think, in his early days, scored his 50th goal in 46 games or something. And, and that happened here. At Joe Lewis. Yeah, I know Gretzky's 77th out, or 76th goal to tie Esposito was at Joe Lewis. Yeah, Gretz, I got called in the locker room to do some Gretz stuff. And so that's, you know, you're just shaking. I'm just a boy amongst men in there. They're like, oh, take this picture with Wayne and, you know, the team or the, all the Russians or something. You're like, so it's still like that, or do, do you, like, you know, because you develop, like, you know, um, you know, obviously the longer being around and, and when you're dealing on a day-to-day or guys that you know, because when they realize, you know, who the photographer is, who's taking these photos, and you get sort of known, that's sort of a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Well, for me, like, I'm one of one, so there's nowhere to go for advice. And everybody that's in the Illich family phone book, you know, the directory for yeah. Olympia Entertainment, it's kind of your boss. You work for season ticket sales and sweet services and concessions. So everybody's chipping away at you, and you're trying to make them all happy. Somebody's, I need a picture of this. I need this. You know, in the second period, Kid Rock's going to stop and Mr. Ice Sweet. you got to run up and get that and get that shot and get it down. So that's the thing people don't realize is that, the, and, and how much is, like you said, scripted, and how often does it go off script? Um, well, like the big games against, you know, big games against original six teams, we pretty much, sh- I shot all game action, and they would lay off me for all the uh, grand and sweet stuff and, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. Oops, wrong one. No, that's the right guy, right? They'd have mascots that would go to the suite. Sometimes you'd oh, yeah, follow yeah. the mascots around and take pictures. Yeah. Was there any things that, like, you, you loved to, to cover back in the day? Or, like, maybe some, you know, you know obviously, this, uh, I'm thinking this might be your fam- most famous photo, but uh, was there any that you got? You know, probably for me, the uh, most fun was about uh, halfway into my second year, they, the glass at the Joe used to be short on the sides, and we could shoot over it, and the photographer shot out of the penalty box. So the glass is real short out of the penalty box, like 14 inches, so we could put a camera right over it. Well, somebody got dinged somewhere, sued the NHL, won. So they put the glass up high and threw all the photographers out of the penalty boxes. So I talked to Scotty and Al Sabaka, and what we did is we cut off into the visitor bench, 
and made a little spot right in the middle of the two benches for a photographer to sit. So they yeah, kept, kept our bench full length, shorted their bench 22 inches. Yeah, that's a good old Scotty thing. And then that's where, Scotty was that's where the He's like, that's okay. TV guys will end up. Cut more of it off. He wanted that bench shorter. <laughs> No, absolutely. So, uh, but that was a great spot to sit because you're inside the glass. You know, you got to really respect the game. You got all the dynamics. Big games. You know, you're sitting on my left I'm shoulder. I'm always on your left because I'm like, always in that corner. I got right somebody there. in the right shoulder. You know, and those two guys are chirping, and I'm invisible, and they're spitting on each other and throwing water bottles and laughing and joking. That's, and, that's the, explain that, Hexie, because back in at Joe Lewis and uh, uh, where you would be right there, and it's as if, you, like, if it was. Uh, Anybody else, even a TV announcer, which they're there usually now. Right. You know, like guys you see, like sort of, they're aware. You guys are invisible. You know what I mean? It's like you're not even there and you're right. sitting there just taking pictures and stuff. How why? I, I used to go in there and take about five cameras and load them all with film. And then about four of them were all wide angle lenses. Because if there's a fight going on, like the Bowman Mark Crawford confrontation, there was three of us in that phone booth. And you'll see those two guys are going at it, and occasionally you'll see my hand pop up right between the two of them and take a picture of one of their faces. <laughs> and they're pushing the camera out of the way so they can keep arguing. Now, you did know? you get – is it like – like talk talk about that. Oh, like, I took a great picture of Mark Crawford. Mouth open. Yeah. You can see all the dental work. He's va- <laughs> raging out, man. Spits coming out of his mouth. The veins are bulging. So I made a couple 8x10s and a 16 by 20 Next time you come into town, he said, that's this hilarious. He wanted one for his dentist. Oh, I love it. So his autograph was, uh, Mark, nice shot, open mouth, insert. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dave? Like, is there, is there somewhere, like, you know that the shot's going to be there? Or, like, uh, I mean. Well, I don't know if you've ever really know of anything. You get the shot. Well, with digital world, yeah. Like, when Mark took that picture of you and yeah, like, called like, him you, he was shooting film, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. So he thinks he got it, but until you get the roll back, you don't know. So there's always that apprehension with me with the digital world. When I hired in, I was already all digital. I wasn't dealing with the film thing like those guys did, which was way harder. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I mean, didn't they used to, didn't there used to be a dark room at the... Dark room at, in all the rinks, and we had runners, like, in between every period. Or if there was a big fight, we'd have the runner go around and put new film and all 11 cameras right so, so like the difference is, is how long would you like so when this happened the march 26th thing happened to before you saw this picture like how like you could see it on your camera but you had to no get i out. couldn't see it it was filmed. you can't because there's no, no there's oh geez. so it was different for me but you know when when you're taking pictures you, you snap it you take a, sometimes you get caught up either watching the action and not paying attention to what you should be shooting like i did when i first started i was more of kind of a fan like oh come on pass the puck pa- oh shoot take a picture take a picture but like shooting between the benches, um, I don't know if you're, I'm sure you got hit. I mean, I I got sewn up, I got hit with a puck, I've been knocked out, had a stick come through my hole, KO'd. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's you got to be on on guard when you're down there that close to the action. But that little spot between the benches that those guys created long before I got there was literally about you know elbow to elbow. Oh, it's small. I mean, so when you turned, you had to like almost twist your shoulders around to get that shot. I was I remember I was shooting a game and it was. Um, um, Who's the number 16 that was New York that was doing that thing in front of uh, oh, Avery? Avery. So he was with L.A. at the time, and he would always sit at that end of the bench, you know, right between me, and, and he would sit there. He would never sit down. He would sit there and just chirp, chirp, chirp at the other. So it, it was entertaining. Like he said, you always keep a wide, a wide lens handy. Just, just, I would just grab it and just kind of point it at him, just pop, 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 hit a couple, and you'd see, you'd see him, the facial expression, pointing fingers. Right. So during a line change, uh, it was Avery and uh, Homer, had, they bumped it purposely. He gets right. in Homer's way. You know, that goes, making a line change. So <laughs> Avery starts barking at the ref, hey, give him two minutes. 
his breath is the worst breath in the NHL. <laughs> you know, he's, and Homer just give him that look. Is that yeah. all you got? Right, right, right. <laughs> so you get to see that kind of stuff. I remember Derek Bugard. Um, that guy was a monster. He's I think he was, huge. He was like six, five, seven, seven just a, and about whatever. almost three hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, the guy was a monster. I mean, I remember here talking about eating their kids, and yeah. I mean, he was just scary. <laughs> And he looked scary. He was scary. <laughs> it was scary. So I got your kids. I got a pitch. I got a picture of him while he's even back to in the kids. day. We never said that. Oh, he, <laughs> I never said I'd eat somebody's kids. Oh, he was. That wasn't one of your chirps. No, well, that's no, a little he, over the line. I'm gonna fuck your girl, but I ain't gonna eat <laughs> your yeah, kids. Yeah, well, he was scary, man. When he did that, I was looking at him, and did you see the rage in his eyes? Like he was serious. He was. Oh, no, I mean, you he thought, was gonna hurt we, somebody. I know we're like somebody, one of those cuckoo birds. Like <laughs> when they go off uh well i you know i i wouldn't have really ate his lemuse kids but i was trying to decapitate oh you could see it in the video so yeah you get to you get to witness a lot of crazy things being that close to the action and um yeah it's it's an interesting thing i'm for but but guys like mark had laid the groundwork for all those photo holes being cut what they were the strobe system which i had no clue about he taught me all about that um you know the spot between the benches and you know how to shoot sometimes you know you know fill the frame you know get the eyeballs stuff like that little things like that that he taught me so the intricacies like you would pass down because of stuff that you learned along the way because mostly the stuff that you learned self-taught right uh, all self-taught. You know the way the way you look at it. The way I looked at it is everybody that's a Red Wing fan wants to take your job. You know, you got the dream job. You're the team photographer. You get to travel the team. Know all the guys. Take pictures. You know, so so you got to work hard. I mean, you got to work really hard at it. And you got to and you got to come up with a good fo- a good photo. And then you got to get along with everybody. Right. You well, I, I think that's the the biggest thing is uh, is uh, you got to be able to play politics. You know, you yeah. got to be able to, no, no, and, and, and I think it's, you know, it goes back to what I've realized and what I preach here, grind time with Darren McCarty, or not preach, just what has worked, it's communication, right? So it's, it's, it's not filling somebody like trying to be something you're not, but you know your capabilities. Was that right. something, especially because of the, you, you know, it's, and it's almost like different eras. Right, we're, we're Hicksy and I. It's it's the yeah, sure. the old school game I played, and he shot with the 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 roll of film and had to go in the dark room. And I know it was by the refs room, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, right, right down at the end by the Zamboni, right? Yep. Exactly, because I don't know how many times we come in there and there'd be stuff hung or or whatever going through and don't really realize the process. Then now the evolution of the game being faster, how to shoot it. I think that are do you guys. So, so do you got like for me, Rick Tockett growing up was my guy. When you get into photographers, do you have favorite photographers, like guys that you like? Like, would they be sports photographer guys or the, the certain eyes? You know, like when you bring up painters, you think you know a- Ansel Adams or a. Well, yeah, for sure. I, if I could chime in there, yeah. um, when I was. You know, growing up taking pictures, Mark was one of the guys. I'd go to a hockey game, and I would spend more time watching where Mark would be, and more so than the hockey game, because I was always into the photography. And like, how does he get the pictures? Because I always see his pictures published and stuff like that. So I, I followed Mark long before I, I knew him. So Shit, like we're I said, have to start hanging out more. I like see, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, no, I'm just Shit. saying. But then you know, when I got the job, I got to work with like amazing guys, which Mark knows, like uh, Julian Gonzalez, Dave, yeah. Dave Garalnik with the Detroit News, yeah. uh, Dave Clutho. Um, you know, these are amazing photographers and, and you kind of, you become buddies and you're all kind of like on a team together. Right. You all share ideas. You know, if, if someone's, uh, 
camera equipment goes down or they got to borrow a lens, hey, man, you know, you, my stuff's your stuff. You can always, I always share my stuff, and they would with me. If I have something go down or I need some help or I need to borrow a transmitter to someone going around with my lights or whatever, those guys are always there to help or give ideas. And uh, so, yeah, you learn from everybody. I think that's so important. And then that's yeah. the, the sort of, uh, you know, I like I, we all have this sort of a role or, or whatever it is to figure it out. But that's, that's you know, it's such a great point of, of, and that's why we won. And that's what, you know, Scotty instilled, but the culture that we talk about. And, and that's why I want people to understand that when you enter that rink or when you turn on your TV or when you turn on your radio and you're, you're just as invested as the rest of us. When, and if, if the photographers or the alumni or if we're all the fans or this aren't um, operating together, you know, like in a win-win for the benefit of the, uh, the goal, then it just doesn't work and it doesn't matter because it's all those pictures. It's, it, I mean, and I know f these are things that I would have never, ever thought of, right? As a player, you're in this bubble, you're in this zone, and you, you know, we see, you're supposed to we see the pictures and go, oh, yeah. Right. But I, it's 22 years later since Mark Hicks sh shot th this famous photo. Um, and it's an iconic picture. And it, it, it just is. And, and my favorite is because, is like, I have the, this is three of four, I believe. Right. Like, there's a four, then I have the four of it this is photo three and then and then to see everything and just the way it played out and everybody else but that like that's almost even more unbelievable well you know what makes for you picture... to break it down that you had to be ready like so so let's let's well we're we're having trouble getting a hold of tj lang right now but while we do that let's go into this mark because like you can you remember preparing for that game because i always break it down and talk about it as we didn't say anything and it was sort of like had to let it happen because we had to win the game but you got you know but there was going to be something that happened and everybody knew something was going to happen right. didn't know what it was so do you set up differently to make sure you don't miss well there's like eight spots that are really cherry spots to shoot photos from and their you know, holes are cut in the glass and right on the goal line and then the next row of stairs coming down up from the goal line like at the face-off dots um, so if you're down in the left end and, the, and all the dancing's going down on the right end, you're a right. spectator, you don't see shit. So the tension was pretty high uh, coming into the building. And then a guy walked by me coming in and said, Hixie, keep your cameras ready. That was you. All right. I said, that's the way we're going to roll. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. I, <laughs> wow. I might have said something like that to Hixie. This, you might not want him. This might might not want to miss this one. <laughs> so uh, I might have said. No, I did say that. Right. We, I, 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 and honestly, bro. I didn't even think it'd be like this good. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, your work is phenomenal. My work is phenomenal. Two phenomenal guys at the top of their game, and hence Turtle Bash. You, you know what makes this picture so special? If you look at the picture, eh, it's a good shot. You know, there's not, people aren't really moving, and it's kind of like shooting a duck. It's sitting there in the water. It's not moving. You try and get a guy taking a slap shot and get that bend in the stick. That's a little different. Right. The story about that picture is that the, the reason that picture is so iconic is because of what happened. That fight happened, it was a payback, and then the rest of the game, and then the rest of the season, and then yeah. the Stanley Cup. And yeah. that's that was the turning point for me as a fan at the time. Yeah. That, that was the turning point. That picture is a million-dollar picture for that reason. That's in my well, opinion. Well, and, and for me, it's the, the like that is the picture 
but it's the fact that we won the game because it's the same thing. It's the proverbial at the end of that game, and I say Red Wing Nation everywhere in the world. But that game gave you guys the confidence. Right, because it's the proverbial everything's going to be all right. I don't know what it means, but everything's going to be all right. Yep. And it just, and it, not us, just us, but everybody. And that's the same sort of thing when Stevie got announced as a GM. Yeah, I was right. there at the press conference. I had the same feeling as I did after that game. Like, okay, we're going in the right direction. I don't know how long yep. it's going to take. I don't know what it means, but this is right. But as a photographer, I'm still waiting for that iconic shot, and I'm hoping that before I'm done, I hope that I get an opportunity to, to make an image like that that has a story that goes with it. That just is. Yeah, but you got a great. Let's let talk about your because this is a great story that you have to hear. Is because sometimes you, your greatest shots or ones that you collect along the way aren't the ones that you're trying to make. And and what I'm talking about is what is your. You've told me what's your most famous shot that you got and it's the jim tomey 600th home run jim tomey 600 home run at, yeah. Com at comerica park yeah on uh, august 15th i think it was 2016 but the best the best thing about it is you're the only one that got it yeah and dude it was like your second you don't shoot baseball <laughs> that's tell the story that yeah. you told me please well I, I got to the game late i was doing my day job at the time so i didn't really do my homework and you know as a photographer you try and do your homework so you know what you're shooting like you said uh, when mark came to the game that day when you guys you knew there was something going to go down what, what, what and where you just try and plan the best you can so i, I got the, late, the the baseball game late didn't do my homework didn't realize he was two home runs away from 600 which was only eight guys in Major League Baseball history to hit 600 home runs. Yeah, big and the only guy to do it quicker than Jim Tome was Babe Ruth. And that's just crazy. That's wild. That's crazy. So so there was a play at home plate that happened, you know, the inning or two previous to that. And I was and for whatever reason my lens didn't track the play. The guy's coming down third baseline, big collision with Avila. They're airborne and those plays are so hard and few between, you know, to get a shot like that. And there's dirt flying, helmet flying and I, the last shot I get is uh, Avila holding the baseball up. Well, that's boring. I mean, they're standing there. It's like, you know, you want to get the action shot. So I was so pissed off. I was ready to pack up my shit and go home. So I grabbed my stuff, and between innings, you can move around. So I moved down to the third base side. Jim Tome was a left swing. So uh, he had already hit one earlier, and I got that one too, but, you know, it was five ninety nine, no big deal. The 600 was the money shot. So I, I, I moved down to the third baseline there, and – both home runs were hit to um, left field. You know, he swings his, you know, yeah. a, a money shot for him would have been right field, right. but he swung late, and I got the ball, you know, coming about this far off his bat, and it was tack sharp. I That's mean, awesome. And I got it with the first click. And I mind you, I'm motor driving. Yeah, and I but got it was it the first, first one. Click. Yeah. So is that like this, is that sort of like uh, when you watch uh, the NHRA dragsters and they pop the, you know, the, the light when they hit it right off the, like the... Point zero zero zero. It's like the perfect shot. Would you consider that like like when yeah. you get it on the like that? Would that be Hicksie? Oh yeah, that's the perfect. Like, is that yeah. what you strive for in the photography sure. business? And one thing, motor driving gives you that opportunity <laughs> to do it. You know, on strobes, you know, you don't. You get one crack at it because you got to wait for your lights to recycle. You know, so you get a shot about every second and a half. Where motor driving, so Hicksie, your shots on those with the strobes. No, that's not motor drive. That's one shot. No, no, this one is. I'm talking about. Oh, the... my shot. Yeah, that's, no, that was that. 
I was motor driving, but but it's the first shot. It's the first shot. Now I'm talking at the, Joe the March 26th. I th- that's one picture, Strobe. one Mississippi, two Mississippi picture, one Mississippi. Wow! Oh, see, that's no kidding. Guy, see, wow! Get, and I get to break away. That's what I'm trying to get that's, one shot. Yep. So uh, let's slow down here and break it down to of, uh, and it doesn't matter what you know because it's technology and whatever else. But right. the fact of the photo, so so I look at it as. In 97, where you're taking those photos, but it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi click. Whereas, as opposed to if it was nowadays technology, you would get every little sweat bead between. There'd be right. 6,000, yeah, where you could put it on an auto reel and stuff like that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so to be able to, so, so then, again, a lot of it has to do, well, not in that case, because what you say it was it was, you know, opportunity, luck, but you had to be, you know, I always preach that, that you got to, when that opportunity arises, you got to be willing, you don't, you can't question, you got to be noticed that it's coming or it's going to be there and you, you can talk about it later. You got to go through it when it's there and then you'll have time. Cause if you're going to break it down, you know, and I'm talking about whatever that is, if it's the Lemieux moment, if it's scoring a goal, you know, the, the goal, whatever like that, you got to be decisive and I always say, careful what you wish for, because it's got to come, and you got to be ready for so it. So the funny thing about this picture here, so I get I get the home run. You know, I, I did a quick little check on the back of my camera, going, "Yeah, I got it. That's pretty cool. That's really got a good home run." So I'm not realizing it's a 600 home run. So you get them trotting around the bases, doing the, the lap. So I get them coming around second base, and I'm clicking, clicking, clicking third base. You know, and I get them coming in, and all of a sudden, the whole stadium's cheering. I'm thinking, "Wait a minute, this is the other team. Why are they cheering?" <laughs> You know, and then it starts, you know, I'm thinking, well, I better start snapping away because something's important just happened here. But that's, I don't know that, what that's it was. sort of photographer intuition, too. A lot of times that happens. Like, oh, you, there you go. Yeah. That, yeah. That's. Yeah. And then the people in the background are holding up signs, Tommy's my homie and stuff like that. And then, 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 then I started seeing the 600 and then it started clicking. Like, oh, shit, this was like a major milestone of something. I'm not sure what. So I did, and that's about the only time I think I ever got an email from Getty saying, you know, good job, you nailed it, you know. So that's my iconic Is job. there any ones that you missed that no. you no. had? No. Like, no, no, but like. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it, Hicks. We're going to stick to that. that. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, is there like, because like, it, oh. it's more than, an, is it like golf? Yeah, it's, it's called referees. <laughs> Oh, talk say, about that's, it. That's, wait, my wait, wait. that's my wait, line. That this never is dry time with Darren McCarty. Yeah. We can pile drive on Perry's clan oh all day long. Well, I was going to say, Mark, that's my line. <laughs> I didn't see it. It never happened. Oh, my Here's God. Here's the best one. Wait, wait. So explain to that because you can hey, you can out the – you know, this ain't the, the Lions, and we can talk about well, officiating. Hey, I, they got a tough job, and I respect them. A lot of those guys are good friends nowadays. But, you know, with those holes in the corner, you're right down low, and there's a guy in on a breakaway, and here comes the stripes. Stops right in front of you as you're ready to get the goal. So you say, "Have I missed a shot?" Yeah, probably a couple million. <laughs> so that so that would be number one, right? Is would you say ref the ass. corner show ref yeah. ass. ref ref ass. Ass. <laughs> So listen, guys, because you never know on the Family Feud might be a question. What's the most disturbing? For an NHL photographer, ref ass, ref ass. I love it. <laughs> team photos were the scariest for me because you got everybody there. We always did that team picture at the end of the year. There's always a, like the three guys that are ATFs or something. They ain't coming back, so there's always like and also on a team, but not pictured, right? So you're figuring out who those guys are. 
And everybody's pissed off. And everybody's hung over. And everybody's fucking. About half the guys got stitches. Everybody else is brutally hung over. And everybody's going, come on, Hicksy, hurry the fuck up. So you you take about five pictures, you give them the thumbs up, have a great summer, and then you turn around and just pray that you got it. Like, oh my God, I hope nothing went wrong. Yeah. You were always so, Hicksy, you were always. like, I don't know if, I always thought it was like, because of Stevie was always, you know, like, let's go, let's go. But you were always ahead of the game. You, you know, not that That's you. That's probably nervous energy. Not that you weren't nervous energy, but it was always like, you, like you said, Hicksy, one, two, three, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go, go, go. You, you know, know the, really the toughest thing about our job that I see all the, in all the sports photographers is we kind of exist in this in this weird space between the team and like the media right that's what that's why you're the invisible but you know like in um when we lost to toronto you know and borshevsky hit that overtime goal and i went in the locker room and the locker room was empty and i went out and guys were all under the bleachers and stuff like nobody and then you, you question yourself like is it my responsibility to take this picture you know you're really there to capture the history of the team i'm looking at all these iconic terry sawchuck and pictures that were taken back in the 50s. I'm thinking maybe someday my picture will be on that wall. That'd be nice. But uh, New Jersey, you know, we went out in six. People were busted up. You know, Shep's hand was broke. Bursey was all, you know, all twisted up. And we went down. Scott Stevens killed our defenseman. We started the game. They Stevens had, killed Kozlov. <laughs> they, they, had a, they had a big spot at the end of the benches in New Jersey. So you just sit, and there was no wall dividing it. So you're sitting just right on the bench with the guys. So yeah. in the first game, the national anthem's going off, and Scott Stevens hollering at coffee and, uh, and Slava Fatisov. saying, we're going to play kill the grandpa. We're going to play kill the grandpa. <laughs> And them guys went out on the ice, and Scott Stevens was a wrecking crew. He hit Slava Kozlov or uh, yeah, Paul Coffee so hard. No, it was Kozlov through the middle. Kozlov, yeah, yeah. he came Oof. back and lay down on the carpet going into the locker room. And remember, and they came and got um, Manatsakhanov because they said he, he wasn't speaking English no more. <laughs> Stevens knocked an English out of him. <laughs> That's a check. Hey you, know what, you, hey, you know what we needed back then that we didn't have, which uh, I would have given to Kazi and that miserable, grumpy bastard, Perry? Herbalactive.com. Herbalactive, U R B A L A C T I V.com. Yeah, no E on it. With, yes, with the code DMAC25, that is your THC free CBD. What is THC free CBD? Well, in layman's terms, um, the cannabinoids that interact with CBD and THC is like uh, you're on the list to get into the club. Boom, right in. Your body, your endocannabinoids system recognize that with the thc free well you don't have any hookups and you're gonna have to wait in line it'll work just take a little bit longer thanks to rich summers and our friends at herbal active uh for making everything happen uh go to herbalactive.com use dmac 25 uh whatever you need so um to kind of finish that thought though yeah. it's always tough whether you should take that photo or not because we're kind of included yeah, don't you always take the photo and then well, and then sometimes you don't i mean sometimes you're in a lot ask for room. forgiveness no 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 i no, no expl- explain to that though so explain that fine line so that so you do, so it's better not to have the photo you don't know i mean for me that was a tough part of the thing yeah. so is, I, it, is that a scruples question it's still it's still tough for me sometimes too there's you see things that happen that you want to take a picture of but you just you just got to go with your gut sometimes, you know, and if there happens to be someone around like the PR guy that, you know, you can kind of give them the like, which Hicksies used to tell me to do, just kind of give them that look, picture, and they'll either go, or yeah, go ahead, take yeah, it, I'll give it, you the That's no. a great, that that's, right, if you're going to be that in-between, then that's the thing is that you're just trying to do the best, so that would be the greatest advice that I would give 
is if you're unsure, look to the person that you're taking it for, but right? But sometimes but that some, person's not, not there. there. So you just got to use your judgment. Is this a picture they're going to want? If they're going on see, are they going to get pissed if you take it? So it's a tough, tough call sometimes. So what would you, what would you say, how, like, Dave, because you've been there now 15 years? Yeah. Right? So is it more to, does it come to a point where your comfortability of, of what, you know what I mean? Because I, as, I think as a... The experience as a player, right? Then you've been in so many different situations before. Does it come more naturally, I guess? What well, is... I think knowing the players, you know, if you know the players, you know who they are. You know, I, I remember the first time in the locker room um, was uh, the New Year's Eve game. It was uh, against the Atlanta Thrashers. Donnie Waddell was a general manager. It was, uh, they were given both sets of jerseys to the NHLPA for the Dan Snyder Fund. It was the oh, yeah, Dan Wheatley yeah. got in that car accident. Yeah. So he was playing for Atlanta at the time. So first time, you know, I'm, I got John Hahn calls me and says, hey, Dave, in the locker room, get pictures of these guys signing the jerseys. So I do the Atlanta, no big deal. I don't know why I'm, I'm just snapping away. I don't really care. Blah, 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 boom. Going to the Red Wing locker room, you know, get malts, drapes, you know, whatever, <clears throat> shanty. I swing over towards Stevie, and boy, he gave me the, like, don't take my picture look. Like, ooh, I get it. Okay, yep. no problem. Don't take and that. And that, like, like you said, that's knowing your your people. Yeah, well, I didn't really know him at the time. No, no, but he I'm gave saying me that look. Right, right, but you knew, but you also knew to look for that look from him. Well, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> I understand that, but you, it's not like, but. I didn't let, snap the picture. That's what I'm saying. But, right. I mean, you knew enough being him right. that. That you were looking for because it's better to err on the side of caution. We're, it's kind of weird because you get access to the locker room, like in between. But periods, it's but that's where it's important to know. And you don't want to abuse that. Right. You, know, you don't want to step over that line. Right. But I think it's like anything else. And speaking from the players and having you know per, great relationships with both these, it's been because it's always been straightforward on the up and up. I think that that you know the intentions. I think that that it comes to if your intentions are pure and are you on you know. Are you on my team? Right. You know what I'm saying? Are right. you? Do I? Do I think that? I mean, you're you got my back. Self yeah. Do you have my back like, or whatever? Is that going to show up with a beer in my hand or? Or, my, where, or is it going to show up with something that I right. shouldn't? Or are you going to keep yeah. protected? And 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 that speak about that because you know being around some of the cup parties and 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 different things like that. There there has to be. You were talking earlier. So in your book, uh, Red Wings uh, and Stanley. Yeah, uh, hey Mac, real quick. Uh, TJ's going to be on at eight thirty. Okay. Yeah, he got tied up a little bit, so we're going to have him on uh, after right we talk to here. Tyler here. So uh, okay, perfect. Because I know people are asking, want to know, but we will have. Well, to I Tyler was asking on. too, so you're better. That, that, yeah. that saves some death glares across the. Well, I, but I, I wanted to go where you're talking right now um, with the relationship between the players and photographers. Did you were there like times you're like, hey, get away from me. I don't want anything around. Or? Well, the, no. The, see, there's a difference when you're like like in Hixie and and. Dave brought it up. This is you're there every day. It's sort of like, not like a beat reporter, you know. So that has to be there every day. You got to be accountable, right? So you can't do you know. And, and like you said, I think the best thing about these guys is that you know they're self aware, and it's not about them. It's about what they're trying to do. Hicksy said it. You know, I had the greatest job. Everybody sort of wanted it. So you built relationships on your own by understanding. Who was who? And you said it even more. You, and, and that's what I was going to ask you because you got it documented here. But it's when you get to know the guys, it's when we win cups and you shoot the family stuff and you shoot all the stuff behind the scenes. Like you, we were going through the pictures of the 98 plane. Right. And then in the dress room and seeing pictures of... <laughs> I'm, looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of 
the Russians, uh, the Russian five at the time, and, and there's Vladdy, and it's less than a year, and you just see him every shot he's drinking out of the cup, and I'm thinking, God, the brain injury is getting shit faced over here, and like it, <laughs> you know, but that's it's not gonna hurt anybody, but it was just, but those are the things where I look back now, and you know, like, uh, there's a great photo you got in there of all us young, young guys from uh, 95. Um, and Greg Johnson was in there. You know, yeah. We just we lost him. So we we were remarking about all the guys that tough. have passed away. But you know, like Dave, you were mentioning about shooting in Malibu because I was out. There's a couple. Yeah. I was out there with Chelly and Kid yeah. Rock and stuff. It's the culture, you know. I, I got to shoot a Stanley Cup party in Toronto for uh, Jay Woodcroft, and then uh, Chelly was kind enough to take me out to Malibu with him for his party out there. He also took me to Chicago. So the culture was way different out in California. I mean, it was kind of a Hollywood party and all of his friends out there. So it was really cool from that standpoint. That standpoint for me being a fly on the wall and getting to see Gretzky and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, John Cusack and just, uh, just on and on and on and on. Stallone, so many people there. It was just crazy. But, um, you know, they all appreciated the cup because they're a friend of Chelly's also. Yeah. But, you know, you see people walking down the beach and they look over at this, you know, silver thing and like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And they just kept walking. We're at Woodcroft's party in Toronto. You know, we were in a party bus. He, we were stopped at a red light. He just grabs this thing and just gets out in an intersection and people are jamming the brakes. I seen people crying and it's just the <laughs> Here's the question I propose out there. Here's the question I propose to you guys, right? Because... You see how that cup or whatever from somebody from there bringing it back to Toronto. Now, as a Lions fan and for the Leafs fan, if the, if we said the Leafs could win the cup, the Stanley Cup as long as we could win the Super Bowl, do you think that we're ready to hand that over, or do you think that most Red Wing fans just want them to suffer and suck no matter what? It's a good question, but which way would you go with that, Pixie? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Here, that. Here, watch. Uh, hey, way, watch. Way to dump, way to no, dump no, wait, that one, Dave. Wait, hey, Dave. Hey, wait, hey, no, Hixie, Hixie, hold, hold on. I'll show you how it's done here. Perry, what's your answer? I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm, do, you, do, you, do you allow Toronto to win the Stanley Cup no. if the Lions win the Super Bowl? Or is it is it no... For, like you're stuck on the Lions, being the Lions, and, but Toronto not winning Le ever a cup? Leafs won the Cup, so... It's been a long time, but I, I'm the Lions. Gotta I know the, the Lions. fucking Leafs won the cup in the so no, I don't want them to win it. Bill no, Barucco. I don't want them to win it. So you, so you, but I'm I'm offering them to win Toronto for us Lions to win. So you're saying that it wouldn't be enough to give. The tougher question would be if it's Toronto or the Red Wings win the cup versus no. the Lions. If Toronto I, I wins the cup and then the Lions Toronto. win the ball, See, here's the thing. I'll let the but, Lions. but that's what I'm saying because here's the bet because it used to be. Who is going to win the Red Wings or the Maple Leafs in right. my family? And then I had to bring the goal home to bring the cup back. And blah, 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 blah. Everybody wondered that question, too, back then. Um, but now, right, exactly. I, I'm just saying is that do you lay off the gas and give them a little bit more? I mean, I, I'm, I just, I'm just saying you go for the Lions. See, yeah, I would go I'm for the Lions. I'm 62. I'm going to be but I'm selfish. Yeah, that's years. what I mean. I have four cups. I like to see right? a one. I could see uh. the Red, because the Wings are going to fight their way and get back there, but I'd like to see the Lions. I think everybody else. I, just, I was just thinking about it. As I would like to see the Leafs. I am just don't think with the current. You would like to see the Leafs? Eventually, but not, yeah, not with this group there right now. I have a lot of friends over so there. So it's the group? Yes. So you don't like Babs or Shani? Ooh, Who the, don't you like? The, the, Ooh, or the, Kyle Dumas, the coach. <laughs> oh, you don't like the coach? No, I, I just don't think he's a good fit for them. Okay. All right. Perry Vellucci from 
the ref's room. <laughs> hey, guys, in case you were just wondering, check it out. Yep. Miracle Flow. You know, the only hair care product for guys with majestic flow and those who want it. Miracle Flow is specially formulated for athletes with longer hair to help rejuvenate the flow after the beating it takes in your sweaty helmet. Miracle Flow makes products for guys with flow by guys with flow. Our shampoo is used by NHL, MLB, Major League Lacrosse, NFL, and Division I athletes and more. Remember, Miracle Flow, it's not just a hairstyle, it's a lifestyle. MiracleFlow.com, Miracle Flow on Instagram. Phil, check out Sickest Mullets Ever. And Perry asked earlier, how high am I going? Well, Perry, I'm always high, but I'm going higher up here right now. Exactly. As high as I'm going giraffe balls, baby. That's all I'm going. going as high as giraffe balls, Jesus. That's where we're going. <laughs> on that note that's good yeah. so, so I, but I'm saying like coming I, from pizza I could, I could sacrifice for the Lions you know but but how but see now we can't have Western Eastern Conference uh, Red Wings versus Leafs right. you can't so that's why I'm saying is that you know it's it's it'll you, be interesting you know Mac it, like you being a Canadian but you were growing up just outside the uh, Detroit area and you were a Wings fan correct I'm American Perry. You're American, but you were you were a Wings fan. Yes. Well, us growing up here, we always liked. I liked the Leafs. A lot of guys liked the Leafs too back in the seventies. That's because so. it was hockey night in Canada, dude. Because yeah. because and because the Leafs sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we weren't that good either back then either. So. No, 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 no. You understand, right? Why I'm a Detroit Red Wing fan? It's no, because they flew out of Windsor, and my uncle worked at the baggage claim and i used to get nhl sticks when i was like 10 11 12 years old nice. so i was diehard red wing but i had the tigers oh, man, i had lance a- i had gibby i had whatever so man i was like tim higgins curve when i was 12 years old i could shelf that thing off the bar and in no nobody's business i forgot to grab the picture of you and my son when you were at redford ice arena doing you were a rookie i mean it's like oh the, dude I, i'd the, love to get the, a, the mullet you had was sick that's man. what i'm talking about so so <laughs> next time when Whatever oh, around, because yeah, I, I yeah. like getting those pictures and I then taking it. the updated pictures. Yep. Oh, yep. Tyler, are you there? Yeah. Should be. Yeah. Hello, Tyler. Are you there, bud? Tyler, are you there? Her, the handler was, was was switching to him. Oh, okay. Well, let me know when he's on the line. Thanks, guys. Can, anyway, can, so back to... Uh, so, Perry, here's one for you. When Gretz was in the league, like about his last year, everybody wanted a picture with Gretz, so he'd line up in a face-off circle, you know, and the linesman, like Danny McCourt, we like, you got to get a picture of me and Gretz, me and Gretz. Well, he'd tell you that before the game, you'd kind of forget your shot list during the game. So I, so I look over, and the, like this is a long time waiting, and the players are looking at me on the bench, and I'm looking out on the ice still, and then Gretzky finally was like, because they were going, Hixie, Hixie. And he was like, Hexy, because he was right at the face off that right in front of the bench. So I took the picture with Danny McCourt, and he threw the puck down, and on goes the game. <laughs> so he's you know? waiting for, for you to get the <laughs> right shot. But the guys I, all wanted a shot with I would have never done that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So is it working? I don't know. Tyler, are you there? This is here. All right. We got a little uh, technical difficulty here, obviously. What, what's it go to show you? Guess we're running a little bit blind without McCool, who's at Incubus right now, which you can't really blame him because maybe, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be down there too. So. Well, Darren, if you talk a little bit about your McCarty Cancer Foundation and what that meant for you. I mean, you did some unbelievable work. Well, 
over what about 10 years eight years you had that going yeah we had it for uh, i think we started in 97 after uh winning the cup and uh till probably 2006 or 7 um after i left for calgary obviously my dad passed away in 1999 uh, we were helped able to co-fund between five and six million dollars for multiple loma research the greatest part about it is my dad said that we wouldn't be able to save him but we could save somebody's dad and to this day now if you get diagnosed with multiple myeloma they have people that can live 30 40 years so and that's you know when i talk about uh the relationships and you talk about between players and stuff like that's why ours goes back even deeper and you develop that because the pictures and all the support between not only organization but it's everybody involved and that's well we had that little photo library down there and our claim to fame was we had a bathroom in there and it was clean so your dad came down and i met him early when you came on board and yeah. we kind of shook hands and he's his coffee drinker and he's what's that smell and i said come on, i didn't have a cup and so from that day on when he got to the rink your mom and dad kind of hung their coat no, in my they office all, yeah and they were regulars i mean for years they were just in if we needed help or somebody needed to run a camera lens your dad was right on it you know? and, and i love it my mom was uh they they like my mom was a hobbyist camera person too so they would have loved to just to be around and hexy and, and, and it's funny you say that but uh i drink black coffee to this day because of my dad yeah yeah tyler's on the phone tyler there bud yes sir well i mean i want to call you Stuart, you skid but uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen please please let me uh introduce um the Stuart from letter kenny the Head of all the skids, Mr. Tyler Johnson, New Westminster, British Columbia, right? I that's where you're from, bro. Yeah, actually, I was born in New Westminster, Royal Columbian, but I grew up in Coquitlam. Okay, I was born in Burnaby. Me and Joe Sackick. That's why. I see that. That's why him and I had such nope. sweet hands. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you, you grew up there, or were you just born there? No, I was just born there. I actually grew up right across the border from Detroit over just outside Windsor. So uh, the house I grew up in, give okay. or take 10 minutes for the border, was 40 minutes. So, uh, Gotcha. But you... Uh, I, I end up playing at home, You got bro. Burnaby on your resume here. I do, because you know what? You, you need to have Burnaby on your resume. And it, and it comes in handy because... We got this Donnybrook comic book that's out, and I, I created a team. They're called Burnaby Blazers, a bunch of pot-smoking uh, lumberjack Canadian hockey players. So <laughs> you'll be seeing them sometime soon, right up your alley. So, oh, unreal. So I know that, um, obviously, we're huge Letterkenny fans here because you guys got that shit nailed. Top dollar as far as just... just <laughs> Dude, just the hicks, the skids, the fucking shorzy, fucking like the, yeah. the the chirping. The one thing, um, can you explain to the audience how does Tyler Johnson become Stewart? Well, it goes uh, it goes about nine or ten years back. Jared uh, Kiso and I, the creator, the writer, who also plays Wayne, we call him the franchise. I we love um, it. yeah. Yeah, he uh, he and I did a miniseries together here in Canada called, uh, it was actually based on Don Cherry's life. So it was called The Wrath of Grapes. Yeah. And uh, Jared played Jared played Don Cherry and I played younger Don Cherry. So we uh, we shot a miniseries together about a decade ago. We became instant friends. Uh, at the time, Jared lived in Vancouver here and we, we would hang out and, you know, have beers, watch hockey, talk hockey and 
then he started making these YouTube videos, told me when it, it came to a, a TV show, he wanted to get me involved. I didn't realize at the time that uh, I'd be the long, black-haired, meth-smoking, uh, <laughs> black nail polish uh, <laughs> addition to the squad. But, uh, you know, you know your role and you fit in where you can get in. Well, you know, it's, it's, br- <laughs> it's fucking brilliance, dude, because it, that's exactly dude. the way. No, but that's brilliance. Oh, okay, what role do I have to play? Because here's the one thing that I notice is because it doesn't matter what scenes you guys are doing or who's involved. It's that quick... That quick wit, like the 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 spiel's back and forth. Even when you're doing the the you know the rev rep rev rev rev, you know, and Wayne does the oh, A's, yeah. the B's, the C's. I talked to D- to Dylan Playfair about about doing you know all the different stuff, and I've seen interviews like that. That's something you can't teach. That that has history. Was that something that you guys just just know what you do? You should hear us when we get together, when we're off set, having beers. It's like a whole other language. We just take a joke and we drive it into the ground and then we drive it further into the ground and we drive it further into the ground until we don't even really know what we're talking about anymore. It's just kind of how we talk and it's just sort of a way of life for us. And, you know, when I, I grew up playing hockey and I, I'm, I'm a pretty small guy, I'm, uh, you know, 5'8 on, uh, on the resume, but I'm probably 5'7, five, 5'7 seven, five, seven and a half. So I was a pretty shifty hockey player, but I used to chirp my way in and out of conflict all the time. So we, uh, we've all got a background in chirping and it's, it's kind of nice to, to get to let it, let it fly on letter Kenny. That's for sure. Well, it's a, it's a, oh, and it's brilliant. Cause I can just see you guys doing that now. Now I know, and you got to explain this to me. Uh, your favorite term it has been out there, uh, well documented, is tilly dilly, right? You do like the <laughs> tilly term, time, right? Tilly time, tilly time. Oh, I like tilly time. See, Perry, yeah, my yeah. co-host, it's tilly time. T- t- see, that makes sense. <laughs> Perry told me tilly dilly, and I'm like, what the fuck is a tilly dilly? <laughs> but tilly time, no, that makes I think sense. It- I think if I'm if I'm asking for a tilly dilly, I think I might be in trouble. If, uh, <laughs> well, dude, then the ma- dude, you're you're really into Stewart's character, and that math habit is really taking over. If you're going for a tilly yeah, dilly, that sounds like something he would say, you know. Um, every, every character looks at him like, "What the hell is he talking about?" So, if you said you come from the hockey player, and obviously, you know, creating and because you know to explain skids yeah we all had skids growing up it's just like that like you said it's a hardcore stoner it's the fucking goth kids before they were called goth kids it's the fucking Uh the ones that are out there did you have somebody that you went to school with or did you have somebody that you based the steward on well there was a we had a bunch of those kids growing up too and like uh you know they'd be out in the smoke pit pit but they were also like the artistic kids like i did plays and stuff in high school so did and, i dude. you know some of the skid characters oh right on yeah, no dude. way absolutely yes some of the skid characters found themselves you know in the in the drama room because most people were accepted there you were you can't really be an outcast in the in the drama room and at least in my high school so there were some skid 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 characters that uh, i was able to relate to you know the ones who wore like like long socks on their hands and cut the fingers out and wore like seven or eight bracelets per wrist. And, you know, like you forgot to make it nylon, bro. You forgot to make that wrist in nylon. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Fishnets and boots that are too big for them. So we all had, uh, we all had some skids that we knew in our life. Not all of them were as conniving and like, 
originally evil as I think of the skids on our show, but uh, they, they certainly warmed up a lot. <laughs> I love they warmed it. Warmed up a lot. Dude, I, I love, I love it though. It's, it's, you know, something that, uh, you know, you really notice is the, it's so Canadian, you know, we, even all the scenes yeah. that you pull up and, you know, the, the, from the simple ones, you know, from tossing the ball around and talking about ketchup chips and malt vinegar on the table. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing is you guys nail it. Now, you guys just finished or are shooting season eight or about you, we, you so we uh season seven just came out we have uh we have some more episodes that we've shot so and uh, we plan to go back for more episodes so there's a whole bunch of uh letter letter candy episodes to come oh, I, lo- I love it dude how can uh how can my grind time audience uh get to know tyler johnson better well, I have, uh, you know, all the social medias except for Facebook because uh, someone hacked my profile and I never got that back. So, oh, you're a star, uh, kid. I had Instagram. mine, too. You've had yours hacked? Yeah, one of them. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not and the one now. Gone. Yeah. Just, just gone forever. That, hey, okay. that was Tilly time right there. If I find that asshole, it's Tilly <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I got uh, Instagram and I have Twitter, and my Instagram and Twitter handle are Tyler J B Johnston, and that's J O H N S T O N. I'm all over those, uh, you know, Twitter and Instagram. I love uh, keeping in touch with people. I often have to remind myself when I get comments on my posts that, uh, you know, they're chirping the character, or they're chirping part of the show, and they're not just chirping me directly. <laughs> comments, you know, they'll call me, you know, they'll call me ten ply, or they'll call me soft as, you know, soft as shit, or like whatever, whatever the chirps are of the day. I'm yeah. like, no, no. they're talking about Stewart. They're not talking about Tyler. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. Does it, it, it? It's crazy because uh, you, you know what you guys have created. Uh, you know, something there and, and you see, you've had to see obviously because you're filming more episodes and obviously being on Crave and Hulu and stuff like that. But has there been, uh, what's the biggest difference maybe you noticed, um, from when you began the show to where it is now? It's yeah, it's, it's been pretty amazing. You know, like, uh, we did six episodes about four years ago and it was on a new streaming service called Crave TV, which is now Crave Canada. And, uh, you know, we all had high hopes, but you never really know what a show is going to be until it's received. And, and it was received really well here in Canada, and, you know, for it to grow the way it's grown and now in America as well. And our, our first season just came out in Australia two days ago. Our first two seasons came out in Australia. So it's, it's just continuing to grow and it's kind of fun to just be along for the ride. I was actually out in Vancouver today and some guy uh, was, was working at one of the shops and I went in to buy a hat, and he goes, "Hey, buddy, I gotta say, I just love you on Letter Kenny. You, you know, you, you nail it." And uh, I'm like, "Thanks, thanks, pal." And he's like, "I'm actually on season six right now, and uh, you're selling GHB in a club in Toronto." I actually got stopped at the border one time by uh, by a border agent going into America, and he actually recognized me from the show. And he was like, he was trying to remember what my character did, and he goes, "Your character sells." Uh, sells drugs, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, my, my character does. <laughs> <laughs> That's Stuart, my name's Tyler. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, is he trying to get me in trap here? <laughs> but, uh, it's, you know, it's the cool thing with the fans is everyone's like, everyone's on board and, and, uh, 
as much fun as we make of everybody, we, we're never really like that mean, you know? It's no, not absolutely. Like we're trying to cut too, too deep. It's, you only make fun of each other. Jerks. You only make fun of each other, and it's like the characters, and that's the, that's the beauty of it is the chirps are brilliant. Like, I mean, I wish I was still playing for some of these chirps that I would use on the ice. Speaking of that, do you, <laughs> do you still skate? I do, yeah. I um, I had uh, this... Uh, recently, I had to put on some weight, and uh, so I was trying to stay off skates just so I didn't fall into the boards and, you know mess my body up but uh i'm actually planning on going skating next week for the first time in about four months here so we'll see how my lungs react but uh <laughs> i know that you know, growing up, 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 <laughs> up, up, up until a couple of years ago like i uh i play hockey once a week and a group of buddies go out and play roller hockey too so we're uh you know we try and get out as often as we can are the are there canucks your team yeah i was just gonna ask for that Yes, sir. Yeah, went to the game last night, actually. Laid a beating on us, kid. Absolutely pushed our poop in. Yeah. It was just gross. It was yeah, just... Yeah. It was had a great start there. You jail but, uh, sexed us strong. in Vancouver. Too ma- <laughs> hey, you know what? We got if it wasn't 2019, I would have accused everybody of being at the Roxy last night, but I know that's not true. <laughs> What about things, any oh, other... happens. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, that's good, as it should. That's old-time <laughs> hockey. When you have three teams in that bar at midnight, It's that's old-time oh hockey. Oh, my God. And two of them are playing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Even better. Um, other than Letterkenny, yeah. you got any things you're working on right now or any other uh, places people can check you out? Yeah, well, um, I've got this... Uh, I've recently acquired an option to a local book here in Vancouver. So me and a business partner are hoping to turn that into a, a mini series in the next couple of years. Oh, right so, on. so I have no news to report on that, but it's a, it's an exciting development that we're hoping to, uh, to push through. And the book is called last gang in town. So cool. well, it's uh, based here in the seventies in Vancouver and, and we'll see where we can take it. Sounds awesome, bro. Well, you know that uh, I really appreciate your time, Tyler. Tell Dylan and Jared and the rest of the boys uh, that we said hi here. Anything we can do at Grind Time with Darren McCarty, um, you let us know. You got and it, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep cheering you on until uh, I look forward to meeting you face to face down the road, bro. Hey, we appreciate your support, and I got to say, as a hockey fan, it was a pleasure watching you uh, play. You know, the last couple decades here, you were a hell of a warrior out there, and. And uh, I'm actually looking at a picture of you raising the Stanley Cup right now. So fucking A to you. <laughs> fucking A. Pleasure, F- pleasure chatting. Fucking A to you, Stewie. I love it. All right, Pitter, guys. patter, get her Pitter, done. Pitter, patter, get her done. It's Tilly time. Hey, guys. Take care. Eh? All right, you too. That's Tyler Thanks, Johnson. Tyler. Stewart from Letterkenny leaving us for Tilly time. Way to go, Perry. That was fun. That's a great... Uh, yeah, and uh, great. Uh, you guys get a chance. And Dave, you hadn't seen it. You seen clips of the Letter Kenny before? We played a few clips in there. Oh, that's hilarious! I'm, uh, I'm. You got me hooked. I'm gonna be definitely uh, checking those guys out. That was hilarious. It's funny as heck, oh and you can God. tell. You know, it's nice to hear the. You see what great kids they are, and you yeah. can tell they're hockey kids. You know, like all these that that, that are hockey kids, because the, the mentality to every one of them is just one of the guys. And the, the and, chirps are priceless. Oh, there's they're they're. Top notch chirps. Top notch chirps. Like you said, if you if you'd seen this show and you oh were playing, oh my god, I would. Just, oh, you I wouldn't would... have had to fight as much. <laughs> well, I still would have wanted to. Well, but... yeah, but they, they wouldn't have fought you because you'd killed them on the chirps. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like you bury them in the chirps sometimes, and, and that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's a good. Uh... 
As we're waiting here for TJ Lang to come in, just let me tell you this. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or simply making a move, give yourself a distinctive advantage in this fiercely competitive market and put a winning team behind you. The Jeffrey Group of America Integrity and Rhonda Monet of Gold Star Mortgage join forces to make sure you land your dream home. Yes, that's my Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Their passion for going the extra mile shows from the first phone call to the day you're handed the keys. They've taken an incredibly complex process and made it simple and transparent. Call Jeffrey Cavanaugh at 734-306-9027 today and take the first step to your new front door. Gold Star Mortgage is an equal opportunity lender, NMLS number 3446. TJ, you there, bro? I'm here, man. Ah, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Eastern Michigan Eagle grad, Super Bowl champion, former Detroit Lion, TJ Lang, friend of the program. Thanks for joining me, bud. I got to talk to you about a guy who's been in those on the front line. Uh, what do you make? Give it to me. Give it to me straight as a former player and as an offensive lineman about the officiating with the Lions the other day. And about can, I'm, I'm hoping you can talk to me as an offensive lineman about you know the the calls that were made against Trey Flowers or the you know just your input. For my listeners, from a guy that was right in there. Yeah, I mean, first of all, starting with the, uh, you know, the line play and with the refs, I think this goes back to when I was a guy in Green Bay. We had an old line coach who, before the game, he'd always talk to the refs and you kind of butter them up a little bit and you try to make them feel like there's a little bit of a personal relationship going on. Uh, I didn't really get it at first, but the older I got in the league, like the more I started to do it. And you definitely notice that it changes the way some guys may call a game because it actually happened with the guy who was ref in the Monday night game, who was the umpire, Jeff Rice. He's been around the league a long time, and he's, I spent a lot of time with him in training camps and talking to him at games. Uh, you start to form like a little bit of a relationship with these guys because you don't want them to feel like, you know, they're just getting MF'd out there the whole game and getting treated like shit. Um, right. Because so it's a developer. Do refs take a beating uh, verbally? Or linesmen or do or guys like that? Or would they like throw a, a flag for swearing at them and stuff? Or do they take a lot more than we know? Yeah, I mean, some of them do, some of them don't. I think some of the older guys who have been around a long time, like they're more lenient on, you know, letting you speak your mind. And a lot like from my seat with hockey, they'll give it back to you most of the time, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I had a couple, you know, I had a, every, I think everybody runs into a situation where you get called for a flag and obviously you disagree with it. But I, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, they're probably only going to flag you if you're really, you know, going at them and you're just continuing with the, you know, the profanity. I think that's something they're trying to cut out. But most of the guys, if you just have a conversation with them, like, I mean, I, I, I can remember almost every time I got a holding call, I'd turn around after the next time out and I'd look at the ref and I'd be like, hey, what'd you see there? You know, and he'd kind of tell me, he thought you had your hands outside, blah, 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 feet here. And I'd say, okay, thanks. I'll, I'll get it fixed. Absolutely. And that was pretty much it because that that helps me out with a lot because I've, I've honestly had – more times where a ref came to me during a game and said, hey, Lang, you know, that's close, buddy. You know, clean it up a little bit where I probably got the benefit of the doubt because I was just like a, a, a nice guy to those guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? If right. you're out there and you're out there screaming at them from play one, the first mistake you make, uh, you expect a flag. <laughs> it's just how it works. I no, think I, it's just human nature. That's the same uh, thing that, in hockey. 
You know, yeah, like, I mean, it's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably the same thing. You just want those guys just wanted to be treated, you know, with respect. And yeah, they're some things wrong, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they're they're people too. They're humans. I mean, they're not computers out there. We're getting everything right. And I, I think people don't want that, but at the same time, you got to treat them with a little respect. And I think it goes a long way because you will get a benefit of the doubt sooner or later, where a guy maybe lets you off with a warning um, instead of maybe throwing the flag on you the first or second time. So I think it does. It, it's a big thing. And I think Jeff Rice, who was the guy Monday umpire and who ended up calling those flags. Um, he's kind of a pro O-line guy, you know, I think just right, what, right, what my right. experience through with him throughout the years. I think he's a guy that I know for a fact I've gone to and I said, hey, Jeff, these guys are, you know, they're yanking me down by my face mask or the guy's up in my helmet or he's grabbing me, he's doing something this and he'll go and he'll end up watching it. And more times than not, I would end up, you know, getting a call late in the game because he finally sees it, you know, and it's a, it's a tough job, man. I mean, those guys are watching so many different things at the snap of the ball and, and whatnot. But I think there is, uh, there is a, a definite, definite real part of the game where if you talk to the rest pregame or if you talk to them during a timeout and maybe just chit chat with them a little bit, uh, I think that makes a difference, you know, later in the game when there's a call, they might not call it or they might call it, you know, depending on how you treat them. Um, and I heard, you know, some of the, interviews that you know Bakhtiari the left tackle for Green Bay was given out the past couple of days and he was saying that basically everything I just told you about right right no I, right you know, that's but that's a veteran guy that guy's been in the <clears> league <throat> and he's he's a uh pro bowler and and you know that that's using to an advantage my only thing is is the problem I have is because he called made the two calls and I would have thought you know in the NHL Right when you have two guys, like I, I would have thought that a Batier and a and a Trey Flowers are sort of tenured the same. You know what I mean? So like when you have two guys like that, it's not like a rookie guy and a tenured guy where it's easier to make the call. It just it's frustrating. Now like what I think because uh, you're frustrated out of that that locker room and stuff. Where does where do the Lions go moving forward into Sunday? What's the the mindset? Because when you're going to break it down, obviously five field goals and not punching it in as many times, like they, you can't blame it on the refs, you know, other, you know, you can say for what it is, but they got to be better in certain spots. What do they take positively moving forward? And what do you expect on Sunday against Minnesota? Yeah. You know, I think you nailed it. I think the, it's interesting now because I obviously have two different, you know, point of views from the thing. One as a former player and one just as a fan watching it. And I think, well, you have two, two as a lion and a Packer. That's the, yeah, right. I mean, you're, I mean you're, that's why, no, no, like, that's the whole thing is like, like, and, and kid, cause you know, both sides. I mean that that's a, uh, uh, Batier is like one of you, you played with him, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so I mean, right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's for me, like I, I got to go tomorrow night. Calgary's playing Detroit or Detroit's playing Calgary, but I don't have that dog in the fight for Calgary. Like it's always been back to Detroit, but I could understand if they go deep in the playoffs or something like that. And, and the fact that, you know, the guys, it, it, it just seems like weird. Cause you were just there. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's ultimately what it came down to for me was just I ended up catching myself during the game rooting more for the Lions just because of the kind of way the game went, um, you know, with the bad calls and the non-calls and whatever it was. I wanted to I wanted to see them 
for once just kind of show everybody that they've turned the corner and they can overcome it and they can come back and they can win these close games. That's what I was kind of rooting for along with all those guys staying healthy right. um, as well. But, you know, I, I think what the big thing is like, yeah, you, you said you can't blame the refs, but the one thing that I keep hearing is, you know, just score touchdowns, just score touchdowns in the red zone. Just go do this. Just go like, it's so easy and so simple. Right, right. I mean, you're, you're, you're a team on the road Monday night playing against a top three defense. I mean, it's pretty, I'm you gonna, know how it is, man. You're going to get in these dog fights where it's going to be the goal in every game is make more plays than the other team. Right. I don't care if it's a three, nothing game. I don't care if it's 60 to 59. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, it wins a win. And the, the biggest thing is, is to go out there and, and make ultimately at the end of the day make more plays. And what I came away with watching that game, uh, it felt like the Lions made more plays, and it felt like there were probably three or four really big plays that they made that that ultimately the, the officials took away from them. I, I don't think you can ignore that. Um, that being said, yeah, I think this is a group of guys, and obviously being in that position before, you right after the game, you're pissed, right? Because everybody's texting you, you're getting on social media, you're watching all these highlights, you're watching the replays for the first time, and you're seeing what everybody else is seeing, and you're just like, wow, how, did, how the hell did that happen? How did we get screwed so bad? Um, once those emotions start to kind of wear off, I think it really comes down to you got to just being a professional. So you start to point the thumb a little bit more because I know that's a group of guys that, you know, they rolled in yesterday, watched the film. They kind of went over it. And I guarantee you there were probably more guys in that locker room and in that meeting room that were saying that were probably pissed about something they could have done better outside of than, than the, than the penalties. I think those are, those are guys, especially, you know, being in the old line room, I've been a part of games like that, you know, where, where it's low scoring and you get gypped at the end. And the biggest thing is like, well, shit, maybe, you know, if I is, if I didn't miss that block in the second quarter, we could have got a touchdown instead of – like those are, the start, right. those are the things you start to focus on a little bit more. And I know those are the type of guys that they're, they are. I don't, I don't think this thing's going to linger. I think it's probably in their minds and in that building, you know, that, that game's over. There's nothing you can do about it no matter how many apologies you get from the NFL and the referees saying, you know, we, we missed the calls. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change the outcome. You know, you're not going to go line up with 10 minutes on the board and replay that third down. (laughs) So you just got to get over it. I think, no, that's the one thing uh, that, you know, we we discussed a few weeks ago with Patricia too, man. He's going to get those guys ready to go. You know, I think if anything, it's going to, it's going to, um, you know, back them into an early season corner where you you went from first in the division to kind of last, and you you know you got eleven games left. It sounds like a lot. It's really not. And I think you got another division game coming up. I think I think they're going to be ready, man. I, I think this is a totally different team than what we've seen in the past, where one thing goes wrong, you just kind of lay down. It starts to build on each other and just snowball out of control. I think they're I think they're going to get back on page this week. TJ, that's I, what I think is what you said earlier is that how the Lions made all those big plays. And I think that's what the fans saw, and I think that's why the fans are so frustrated is because they saw how well the Lions played and the plays that they were making, and I think they just feel like they were just robbed because of how well they played and that that, that they deserved it, even though they didn't put it in the end zone every time. But they still made the plays they needed to do. Yeah, you, you, they made a lot of big, big plays. I don't think anybody expected them to roll into Green Bay and score three points. I mean, I know I certainly didn't. You know, if you watch the way they've been playing and watch the Packers and their defense and um, how they've just been absolutely dominating team. I mean, I, I didn't expect that. I knew it was going to be a dogfight. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, it's not so much about 
oh, we won, but we only scored 17 points. No, hell no. You went in there and you won. You know, you make a statement, you get out of there with a win. That's the most important thing. And that's, that's the, that's the, I think that's the one thing where I'm still kind of torn about is because, um, you know, you listen to a lot of experts and you listen to people and everybody's, you know, the calls were bad, but you got people. Yeah. I, 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 I don't completely blame the ref. And how that game ended? Yeah, give me one. Give me one. Are you going to be at the game on Sunday? I will not be there. I'm actually going to a hockey tournament for a little guy up north. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there you go, yeah, Dad. Welcome, that, wel- that journey, man. welcome to retirement, bro. <laughs> I love it. It looks, hey, it looks good on you. That's that's awesome. Yeah, but um, any anything you're looking for, looking for out of Minnesota or out of Detroit uh, coming off this because. A lot of times I think that because look at all this stuff that goes like, and I'm just going to relate it to our path with the Red Wings is that, you know, we had to go through 93, 90 or 92, 93, 95, 96, you know, like browbeating and all this other. I think that this could be a statement us against, you know, the world where, you know, they realize you know, there's there's one thing when you're sitting there complaining about it and it's the woe is me, or it's just like, ah, it's sort of like expected and we got to go out and work harder. Is that what you – I look forward to that Sunday. Am I going to be off or do you think that's what they're going to bring? No, I think you nailed it. I think the one thing I'm looking for is you, you got to limit the the kind of boneheaded mistakes. You know, you, you can't have the 12 men on the field when they're about to kick the field goal and now they get a touchdown. You know, you can't have – you can't kick the ball out of bounds on a kickoff and give them the ball at the 40. You know what I mean? Those are things yeah. that just, they, they're small, but they add up, uh, you know, when you're sitting there at the end of the game. And I think the one big thing is, is just coming out strong, you know, come out fast, come out on fire, come out like a team that's freaking, you know, ready to prove everybody wrong. You're, you're still right there in the division. You're a 500 team. It's not like we're sitting here at own five saying, eh, well, you know, it's had some promise, you know, they got a lot of football left. I think they understand that. I think the biggest thing that could kind of ease everybody's minds and kind of show them that they're a different team this year is, is you come out, you come out at home, you come out on fire, you come out flying, you come out with your, you know, with your hair on fire and you just come out there and get ready to kick their ass from the first play. I think that will kind of silence a lot of people who are just saying, oh, this is the same old team. I, Cause I don't think they are. I know they're not. I think the biggest thing they could do to, you know, get, get back on the right track is come on that first quarter, come out on fire, man. All right, bud. I appreciate uh, your time as always have fun on that hockey, uh, Hockey weekend. Kids, hockey weekend. I love it, bro. We'll have to get together soon. And uh, as always, I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Good uh, talking to you, man. You too, buddy. That's uh, right. TJ Lang, Brother Rice, Eastern Michigan, Super Bowl with the Packers and the Detroit Lions. Always great uh, to talk to CJ. Brought to us by TJ. my... TJ. yeah. <laughs> TJ. Uh, brought to you by TJ Lang. Brought to you this week on Grind Time. By our fr- fine folks at MyPillow. Uh, they're on board with the Grind Time team. Right now, you can get two of MyPillows for the very low price of $69.98, but only if you use the promo code DMAC. D-M-A-C, D-M-A-C, D-M-A-C. Or go to MyPillow.com and pick up a new set of Giza sheets or a MyPillow dog bed. My dogs love theirs. Now I have them because they're gone. Just make sure to use the promo code DMAC when you're checking out. You want, might want the uh, dog the dog pillow, it's, it's twice as big. And don't forget, 
I want everybody not to forget my friends at Cattails, because even though we're entering into the cold season, uh, the snow is coming, the weather, maybe uh, Cattails Golf Course, the 18-hole championship track in South Line might not be for you to play outdoors, but they have simulators. So you can go check out, uh, they still have the uh, full bar menu area. You can still, if you want to play in the cold, come on out to the course the Grind Time family plays. Yes, that's Cattails in South Line. Check out our Facebook page for an exclusive offer to Grind Time fans. That will get you 18 holes at a cart for $25 during the week if you're a sick, cold weather guy. If not, they got um, simulators there. So We'll be there. Yeah, we'll, we will. We, we usually try to get in there every now and then. So, Hey, Mick, can I ask these guys a question? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Touche. Before I let you go, here's the Perry Vellucci questions Question of the night. Of the well, for, for our two photographer, Red Wing photographer friends, um, you know, uh, thanks for coming on, Mark and Dave. Um, would you guys... Would you ever imagine him doing something like this, having his own podcast or a talk show? Or ever, I mean, when you were shooting and seeing him in the locker room and all the characters? and I think uh, as long as I've known Darren, he's always had a lot to say. I don't know if I ever looked far enough down the road to see this structure. I mean, this is a great place, nice setup here, you know, pretty awesome little studio. And um, so I think it's good for him, actually. It, another venue for well, him. Yeah, uh, it's that, kind of that, the world. You know, no more back pressure. You know, that's, oh, that's release yeah. valves. Kind of yeah. the world according to you know, and everybody's got their own views. So he just gets a, you know a great way, and he's a legendary um, hero in Detroit. You know, I mean, you talked about that game on the twenty sixth. He kind of single handedly took that game over my eyes anyway. Yeah, and that, and I think that was a changing point, a rallying point for the next five ten years. I mean, we went through about four years. Everybody, oh, you're going to win the cup. It's guaranteed. It's a cakewalk. It's a matter of time. Yeah, you know, well, pretty soon, you know, then after the Vlad, the Vladdy accident, that that changed, took a lot of wind out of everybody's sail. You know, unbelievably tragic that day in the what, history of the Red Wings. So that was a bad day. Yeah, but it's unbelievable the way that to, that it worked out to be able to win that year, and then to this point, have you seen the Russian Five? Yeah. Huh. Like that just brings you right back. And oh man, I actually, everybody I actually out there shed a tear. It. I did. <laughs> oh, it's the emotions. Oh. Yep. Especially when you lived it, you yeah. know, and, and oh, that's yeah. the whole thing for people that I implore them to watch it because to me it puts like, for all of us, that little hug on the end just because I saw Vladi, you know, singing We Are the Champions at the premiere and watching it and recognizing everybody and that, you know, that's the, the blessing or the, the bow tie in such a tragic, you know, event that happened. So, um, well, uh, Mark, uh, as always, thank you uh, for uh, taking that photo and and help me out with whatever, <laughs> whether it's from the foundation to people, what we're people doing People ask nowadays. me, and my line stand, and I'm sticking to it, that's my story, is that it's an average photo of a fucking great moment. Ah, there you go. You know, it's really the composition of the photo and the color exposure and all that. You know, somebody else holding that camera at that spot, that place would have got about the same picture. But it's a it's a fantastic moment. In but the fact that I, I want everybody to to realize, you know, to get that photo back, that like today, it's it's a little, with technology and stuff. You're supposed to, if you don't get get it, so that's what makes it even more imperative. And uh, 
Dave, uh, continue. Thank you for everything. That, you know, making me uh, look good doing the photos on the side and everything else. But I wanted to. Make you, sh- you did good. Yeah. I want to make sure. Yeah, you make the clean up real good. But uh, happy 39th tomorrow to you yeah. and Colleen. Thank that's, you. Uh, Appreciate it. Can't believe yeah. she's put up your shit that long. Oh, brother, I'm. Just, I'm telling you. That's what, that, that, <laughs> hey, that you're a good photographer. You're uh, like a magician. That's a big deal right there. Yeah, yeah. no, no doubt. Yeah, I like I, I, I'm lucky that she supports my dreams. I like it. Well, to uh, my guest, uh, Tyler Johnson, make sure you check out Letter Kenny, TJ Lang. uh, You know, Let's Go Lions Sunday afternoon. Um, I will be uh, in Sandusky on Friday. Lowell, Saturday, I'm doing uh, Lions pregame show with Tom Mazaway on Sunday at 10 over at Joe's in Southfield. Then we got the wing eating hot wing thing with Jay Adams that night. Yeah, that, that, that Sunday the night. Hot, yeah, that. Oh, I'm gonna have to stop the, in. Where they interview <laughs> you and you eat like hot wings and they get hotter and hotter and you're supposed to talk to them. Uh, Key and Key and Peel, I saw their one. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna have to. I said, give me a bucket of. They're gonna tear you up. No, oh, oh good. I might just shit right on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's I, a great. I grew note some ghost, ghost peppers this year. My first time I did a garden, I didn't know what a ghost pepper was. My son brought these little plants over, and uh, the hottest pepper in the world in 2007. Now they got these like hybrid Carolina Reapers, and <laughs> go to YouTube. You want to laugh? Oh my God! These, no, all these guys are trying to I eat, know. eat these it's for so like twenty dollars. Don't do it. Oh. Don't do it. That's something Jesus would do. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Biggie. Thanks for your help. As always, Perry, Hixie, uh, Dave. Thank you. Uh, remember, guys, uh, everybody out there. Hold on one sec. Uh, let's see. All right. Billy Felser uh, says to say hi to his girls, Carrie Hunt and Sarah Sparks. So there you go. Ladies, thanks for listening. Billy, we'll see you soon. Um, remember, guys. No matter how many times you fall down, it is your obligation to get back up. It's another Wednesday. That's grind time. We're out.